Hello and welcome to Pot of the Gaps. My name is Michael Otz. I'm joined by my normal partners in crime. Aaron Edwards. And Andy Bannister. And the difference today, you might have picked up if you're a very sharp listener to Pot of the Gaps. It actually sounds okay. Hang on, did you just interrupt (laughs) me without there being a technical problem? Why would that be? That's amazing. The amazing thing is we are actually... We're, in, we're gathered in person. We're in the we're same here. place. We're not even socially distanced. Can we do sure. a high five so they can hit? Yeah. Hey. Although, high five although a triple way high five a Trinity, is difficult. Mexican yes. wave. A Trinity high five. We are, we are in, um, we're in Aaron's, like, is it study? Man, ivory, ivory tower. Man cave. Yes, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. my man cave, which is um, in So we are here in Derbyshire. Yes. Yes, yeah. we are in, in Derbyshire. And this is very exciting also because this is the first time I've ever met Aaron in person. Yeah. I, I've made an attempt the other week. <laughs> And COVID rules um, scuppered me. Michael's such a renegade on COVID rules. I booked him to be a speaker for one of our evangelistic uh, units at Cliff College. And of course, he didn't follow the rules. He didn't, in fairness, he was camping away from the internet, weren't he? So you didn't get the email saying you had to do two lateral flow tests. The week before I came. Yeah, which is a little bit over. So, so the fact that I could prove that I didn't have COVID on the day that I arrived was insignificant no, because yeah. I couldn't prove that I didn't have COVID a week before yeah. I arrived. Yeah. That was the more important yeah. thing. And, the, and of course, the fun thing is, of course, the reason we're recording here in Aaron's Man Cave is, I mean, just down the road there is Cliff College, the uh, <laughs> kind of academic centre of uh, UK uh, Christianity. And um, despite <laughs> the fact, I mean, I think you're, I, I'm double jabbed. You're, you're all double jabbed, I think, aren't we? Yeah. I'm not. I'm not. No. Oh, 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 hang on oh, a minute. Anyway, we're all vaccinated. I have to, you know, the thing is, my trouble with lateral flow, I just think it's a silly sounding name as well, actually. When I first heard it, I did Rose's medical <laughs> thing. I thought it sounded like a dance move. Uh, you know, I did a lateral flow. That's right. But then I always think, isn't it? It's also a beautiful description of sort of certain types, types of theological position. You That's know, true. Certain denominations. Certain denominations. That, that shall not be mentioned. We yes. did that episode a few weeks ago on yes. uh, when mm. how to kill a denomination. I thought, lateral flow yeah. describes, you know, something like our friend Steve Chalk and, and, uh, mm. and uh, the, the church in Wales and various other things. Uh, various other places. Yes. Now, the big irony about this today is that um, we are doing this in person yes. in Aaron's ivory tower slash bedroom slash office <laughs> uh, because we can't Man-cake, go into Cliff College. Man. But if we were a Bollywood film, we oh, probably yes. could get into Cliff College. Why didn't we think of that? Yes, because because um, as we drove past, as we looked into Cliff College, we couldn't go into the hallowed halls, but we were yeah. able to sort of just look. You've still got around campus all these Indian it's signs. We've got Hindi everywhere. You would think we'd, we'd gone they so, read, they read, yeah, yeah, so, so pluralistic, pluralistic that we've actually... Yeah. So is that just some sort of, you know, theological inclusivity? Or exactly. is there something more serious going yeah, on? Yeah, no, well, as I said, that they just finished filming. They're supposed to have moved all their stuff oh, yeah. out, like last week, but they didn't. But they, they're some of the fi- filming overran, and so they, they, all of the stuff's around. It's been quite fun, actually. We've been able to have curries with them, the kind of crew. Brilliant. I got a chance to chat to the loads of Sikhs there. I got some really good evangelistic conversations with them, so I was praying for some of them which oh, is really nice so there's some nice like it's been a weird chaotic you could time. tell them that Jesus specifically mentions them right though seek ye first <laughs> so they're the group people group you should go to first. exactly and um, I also love the idea what tickled me looking at your campus today with all these sort of signs everywhere I love the idea of new students arriving a bit disorientated different parts of the country <laughs> yeah. turning up and going Oh, I thought this was Cliff College, but it's actually... A, this it very much feels like you've turned up at an Indian school slash yeah, hospital. I mean, yeah, so anyway. Kind of, uh, yeah. And that you were telling us like the, the, the person who's who's starring in this is like yeah. some mega, mega... Yeah. He's the Tom can, Cruise of India. He is. We had the to- we had the actual Tom Cruise here in this village yes. filming a scene for Mission Impossible 7 a few weeks ago. Right. Yeah. And then we have the Bollywood Tom Equivalent, Cruise yeah. who came anyway. last week as well to film here. So, And we now, can now say his name is Akshay Kumar. 
I wasn't allowed to say that before because apparently the campus would have been mobbed knowing he was there. So, but we'll tag him on the on the show notes. Tag him, so tag him on the show notes. But if you one? are just about to go viral and try and get everyone to come, like he's, he's gone. gone. He's gone. He's gone. Now. He's You're gone. too late. Sorry, yeah, but so, we did feel that like could have been great advertising for the he's, concert. Uh, we could have got one. him on the show. Ah, yes, that would have been good. Anyway, um, good. We normally try and have a tenuous link at this point. From... We have this link. We're in, we're in, we're in, the, school, we're in the home. Yes, the home. yes. So we aren't at the established school building. We are at home. Uh, because today we are thinking about homeschooling. Should Christians homeschool their children? And that's yeah. why we're in the man cave. Because my yes. wife is with my children yeah. in the other room. So Aaron's and got... You've got something like 75 children? Absolutely. And counting. counting. Yes, no, yeah. yeah. Um, and normally we try and keep the children quiet, but we did say today if they could just kind of run around outside and create a bit of ambient noise, it would kind of help, you know, help, backdrop. Yeah, help yeah, the show. Yeah. Help, it's a shame. Um, so I guess we are thinking, you know, because when people hear about homeschooling, um, uh, there's probably lots of different opinions. Um, uh, you both have children um, and you both... Not together, I just stressed. You know, but... <laughs> it's, it's the Methodist thing, yeah, you need to make that clear. <laughs> we are married to different people. <laughs> and they're the opposite sex, are right? yeah, Yes, okay. I hope so. <laughs> and you're both identifying in your gender of birth. <laughs> So many caveats these days. You can't have a conversation these days. It takes so long. You say one sentence and then there's like a whole podcast of caveats. The funny thing is, this is a a tangent, but somebody messaged me on Twitter the other day um, to to, to ask about something. They're quite friendly individual, but their their profile had this this massive list of of pronouns. And And I foolishly, without thinking, responded and went, I'd love to see that you've named your pronouns, but for me, I think adjectives are far more important. Um, I don't worry what pronouns people use, as long as people call me, you know, handsome and, and manly and intelligent and funny and modest. Yeah. Um, the conversation just died. Um, That's so, a great one. Yeah, adjectives. Name your adjectives. Name your adjectives. Why, why yeah. Grumpy, inconsiderate, grouchy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cancelled. <Yeah. laughs> okay, anyway, as I was saying, Andy and Aaron do have children by yeah. other people. <laughs> And, um, <laughs> this is this is this is what happens when we're in the same room. You see, I know we laugh too much. Anyway, get us together. So we have children. <laughs> so we, we need a temporary co-host here. I think we do. So we're yeah. So okay. this is great for you know. This is why we record virtually normally. So yeah. So the, the, I think the question we're going to explore right is should should Christians homeschool because homeschooling has you know a mixed reputation. But, uh, you know, I think maybe a good place to begin would be, so our journey to, to homeschooling, and I know, Aaron, yours is, is different. Mine was just <laughs> keeling off the chair. Um, we, were in, we were in Canada for six years before we came back to the UK. When my wife and I went there, we, had, we didn't have kids at that point. And we definitely had, if you'd said the word homeschooling, we would have had a particular image in mind. I yeah. confess it would have been yeah. pretty very conservative, um, you know, perhaps the phrase redneck might have sprung to mind. I don't say this to say I, I believe that's right. I but think that it was frumpy skirts. Yeah, and perhaps, you know, sort of very sort of odd kind of sort of uh, sort of folks. Cultish. Lovely, but almost cultish. Mm. Then we arrived in Canada and we met lots of friends, initially Canadians, but as I travelled across mm. North America, met lots of families who were homeschooling who were lovely. I remember this, you know, becoming friends with this, this, this family in Canada who had teenagers. Mm. <laughs> and these teenagers were able to sit at the dinner table mm. and engage in a very friendly way with grown-ups. Yeah. And then afterwards went off and played computer games and did yeah. all the things that teenagers do. And I was like, hello. Mm. Then we had our own kids. And my wife and I, as we began to discuss what we were going to do for education, both said, well, why don't we, why don't we try homeschooling? And we decided we'd give it a go for a year mm. and then we'd take it from there. Mm. And the first year went really well. My wife, who does most of it, was a bit nervous. But then after the first year, loved it. 
Mm. And since then, we've now been doing it. This is the fourth year or fifth year. Our kids mm. are eight and six. And it is just phenomenal. We, we, we may talk about the practicalities of it. Mm. So, yeah, so we mm. came from a position of you have got to be joking mm. to actually we absolutely love it mm. and have become big advocates for it. But I know your journey, Aaron's slightly yeah. different into the Well, we're, we're fresh into it and we've been to two and a half weeks in. So, we started, <laughs> so it's all going so well. So I can hear the, screams from next door. <laughs> so by the time this episode actually is released in a couple of days' time... You may want to revise. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Um, yeah. no, the first, I mean, we've, we've been talking about it tentatively for two or three mm. years. Mm. It's always been a bit of a pipe dream. I mean, Molly's mm. a kind of full-time homemaker, mm. so it's an option for us to do that. It was always an option, but still the challenge, exactly as you say, your wife was saying, um, you know, I'm, I'm nervous about mm. it. Molly absolutely mm. was as well. And I think that mm. puts a lot of people off, mm. as well as the stigma that you mentioned, Andy, that it's weird and you, you're going to be mm. off the beaten track. But eventually I start, I've just started to realise, you know, like, like why we do this podcast, the Western world is getting crazier and crazier by the day, by the minute. Um, and those ideological problems, ciphers mm. are making their way into the education mm. system. They're making their way into the culture more broadly. And we're kind of just drinking it in. And if you have always thought, well, it's crazy to homeschool, I think it's a, what we've started to think, actually, I think it's far crazier to send your children um, for 30 hours a week for about 12 years into a mm. system and around people who are completely, increasingly opposed to your worldview. So there was a time, perhaps a kind of, um, uh, sort of the final remnants of Christendom. Mm. And there's an, there's still some of that left in our culture. Mm. There's still some elements of sort of Christian virtue and values in the West, of course. And yet the problems we've talked about on the show a lot, um, those things are being eroded and, and almost being confused. And so it's actually really hard to be a confessional Christian in those environments. Now, I, I used to say, doesn't matter about that. Let's be missional. Mm. So you send your children into school to be missional, to get them socialised, to make sure they're not going to be weird. You shouldn't closet them away and be mm. fundamentalist, because otherwise, what about when they get to age 18 and you throw them in? Well, that's fine. You, if you're going to... That is a good argument. If you were going to do homeschooling in such a way where you made it cultish and you stopped them engaging with culture, clearly you can do it in a missional way. So you don't do that. You can socialise children. We can get onto that later on, perhaps. But for us, I started to realise, actually, it definitely is crazier to send your kids to school. So absolutely... My, my argument now would be absolutely consider sending your kids to school if you're a Christian, but you have to think far more about that mm. than homeschooling. It's mm. much weirder to think that that's a good idea to send from the age of five or four, mm. send your child for 30 hours a week into this missionary situation. Firstly, I doubt that most Christians are really doing that, actually seeing the mission. Secondly, like Andy said, when they get to teenagerdom, do you see most Christian children raised in Christian homes who, who have been educated in the school system, do you see them responding well as though that socialisation has been good? Or do we get there where, where eventually the parents go, well, what can you do? They're kind of depressed in their room and they're addicted to social media and their peer pressures drag them away. There's a kind of dual authority between us and the parent and the teachers at school and it's really, really difficult. But what mm. can you do? But um, wouldn't you say, though, that um, if you are going to do that, mm-hmm. you're going to be a kind of the abnormal one. Yeah, you're going to be the minority yeah. in mm-hmm. British culture anyway. Yeah, yeah. And, and a lot of people say, well, but, but actually school, that's what people do. You know, like, yeah. look mm-hmm. around the world, everyone goes to school. Why would you opt out of the normal pattern and become this slightly yeah. weird fringe movement? Yeah. Well, there's a couple of things mm-hmm. to say there. I, I say when, when I hear that, I, I've, I've heard that both from Christian friends and non-Christian friends. Firstly, of course, you can be a little bit mm-hmm. cheeky and go, well, I thought we live in an age in which minorities and people who make minority <laughs> decisions is actually considered a, a, a good thing. 
um, identify as a homeschooler. Well, very seriously, I've yeah. had that conversation with more sort of progressive non-Christian friends and say, so, you know, turn that around and go, so therefore we should mm. outlaw transgender because there are some minority people. Why do we dream of doing that? Mm. Oh, well, homeschoolers were an even smaller minority. Yeah. Um, so there's that piece. Mm. But I think more seriously, I think actually what's often missed, Michael, mm. is that actually for most of human history mm. and in most of the cultures today, actually, it is not the norm that you mm. send your kids to the big sort of state factory up the road mm. and have them put through the sausage factory. I mean, certainly mm. today, you know, schooling is more common, but a lot of those schools are quite small mm. and much more local. And it's interesting, you know, living in a rural, in a semi-rural part of Scotland, what's interesting, actually, the primary school up the road, mm. if we chose to use that, is still that older sort of smaller mm. local mm. model. But then they get sent to the big sausage factory mm. yeah. and they go into the comprehensive thing. Yeah. Um, actually, homeschooling has been the norm. Mm. For most of, mm. of civilization. So I think I, I, I always like to turn the tables and say, well, actually, I think we are actually, this is more, a more a normal model rather than, rather than what you folks mm. are doing. But then I think the other thing that I want to say to people is, you know, it's, uh, and Aaron, you touched on this. How do we make sure that we are intentional in our choices? Because whether you're following the majority or whether you're following the minority, I don't think, I don't matter which you do as long as you can give good reasons. Mm. So if you're, you know, if you're following what majority do in sending your, your kids mm. to, you know, into the state system, and the reason you do that is for X, Y, and Z, and you've thought that through, mm. and you've figured it out, and you've weighed up the pros, and there are cons, and there are pros mm. and cons on both sides. Mm. Fantastic. I have nothing mm. against parents who've done that. And equally, the same goes for homeschooling. If you're simply homeschooling because four of your friends at church do, and you think it's cool, yeah. bad idea. Yeah. If you're doing it because you've sat down and gone, this is the, the, the best thing for us yeah. and our family, and passing on the mm. faith, Great idea. So I think what yeah. matters is the reasoning yeah. behind your choices, mm. but also the danger with the majority position. Of course, the majority position is the default. Mm. And I'm always nervous about default Absolutely. positions because yeah. that's the, that's the unthinking mm. position. So whatever you do, make sure you've thought about it and don't mm. just do it because the crowd mm. do it. Because ironically, in certain parts of the world, perhaps more so in North America, the default position in certain Christian communities would be to homeschool. So yeah. like you're saying, yeah. it's not a thought through, I'm yeah. going to do this because this is the best for the education of my child or whatever. Yeah. It's just, this is what you do. Yeah. And you would be criticised yeah. for sending them to school. And at the same time, I'd want to add the caveat that we are in a culture where the default response you'll get from Christians, mm. and even Christian good friends of mine, mm. everyone, basically we're weird to most people. You're weird to us too, yeah. I can reassure <laughs> That's you. That's right, exactly. Yeah. Um, well, we already have enough, we have a weird amount of children. Don't we? 75 children is, is a slightly too many for most. Um, but I, I think, I think <laughs> we should <laughs> just clarify that Aaron doesn't have 75. That's true. Taking us very that literally. Is true. But it is, it is, I lose track. Every time I come, you seem to have a new one. It's five, right? That is true. You can just assume if you haven't seen me for a year. Another you know, child. There was a child there. placed a bit like a doorstop yeah, in the doorway right. yeah, as I arrived. Elijah, our, our 10-month-old, was kind of our doorman today. Yeah. Letting you guys in. It makes a good doorstop. Yeah, he's, and, he's, and he greeted us in Latin. I mean, well, there's an argument for homeschooling. Exactly. Yeah. But that is true. Sorry, anyway. No, no, I was, I was going to say the, um, mm. uh, the thing about how you think about it, and it really, really is important. They re some people might say, mm. they, they'll say to me, oh yeah, we have loads of good reasons. Mm. You think, well, I think you have them in response to the fact you've heard that mm. some people now are a little bit more pro, it's increasingly mm. the stigma of homeschool is moving away, especially from COVID time where people mm. had to do it. They thought, oh, I actually quite like doing this. And actually I, I get my kids back. Loads of Christian parents mm. say over the, over the summer holidays, towards the end of it, they're like, oh, by the end of it, I've almost gotten my children back. Mm. And they almost, there's, there's, and I've heard, especially from mothers, mm. there's almost a sadness. I have to let them go again back into September. Mm. Then they get used to it and adapt and go, okay, this is kind of works and it's good for them to be socialized and all the rest of it. Mm. Again, they can be missional, but I put that in inverted mm. commas mm. because really, how many people do you see becoming Christians in those environments? Maybe you guys have other stories. Yeah. Michael, you're an evangelist as well. 
I'm a, I'm a real evangelist mm. at heart. I just don't see the missional fruit that seems to be apparently so worth it that you're willing to yeah. put your children in that, in a very vulnerable stage of their life. And it's vulnerable all mm. the way up to age 18. It's not like just yeah. age five. We're talking different levels of insane mm. vulnerability. And your job as parents, a, a commission from God, is to mm. bring your children up in the fear and admonition of the mm. Lord. Is 30 hours a week in a completely different ideological system from the age of five, mm. definitely the best, objectively the best way to do that. So the reason I put the caveat, Andy, is mm. some people would hear what you say, go, well, as long as you have reasons, they could find pragmatic reasons. Yeah, you're right. Oh, it would work for them. Absolutely, it works for you, Andy, because you've got a setup. Oh, absolutely, yeah. it works for you. I wouldn't, it wouldn't work for us. So to actually think well, about what are the barriers that you're mean, right. it wouldn't Let work. me say a couple of, couple, yeah. couple, couple of uh, things there, actually, and then, uh, and then Michael can, can push us on stuff. Yeah. I mean, I think... <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm probably. I can see the. I can see the phones lighting up with complaints at this point. You're absolutely right. I should. I should have, I should have caveated myself, because I think one of the reasons. Mm. There's actually two. Two of the reasons that we that, that people sometimes pragmatically choose to use the state system. One, I have to be really honest, and I and I do say this with compassion, but this is also going to sound harsh. So forgive me. Is the lifestyle yeah. because to go? We have lots of friends locally in our community. Some are Christian. Some are non-Christian. Who said things like, oh, I wish I could homeschool, but we can't afford it. You know, we need two salaries. And then you look and there are two Audis on the drive. There's a foreign holiday mm. happening. There's a large house and going, look, I appreciate you've got a nice lifestyle. And maybe if you didn't, if you homeschooled, you might have to cut some, some things a bit tighter. You know, we've had to make some choices as a family, but you know what? We all do this. We decide how we spend our, our money. And if, and if educating your children, in the home is something that you've decided is hugely important. Maybe that's worth paying the price for. Yeah. So I think it may be economic reasons. And actually, I got a friend. We had a good friend of ours in uh, in Dundee who's not a Christian. She homeschools. She's a, she's an atheist. Good friend of friends of uh, particularly my wife. I'm not an angry atheist at all. You know, finds Astrid and I fascinating. Um, she comes from an education background. She you know is trained as an educator to tertiary level. She looked at us and she said, "You do realise?" She said, "You know." This is from somebody who says he's worked inside the system. Yeah. The system is set up to basically facilitate taxpayers. The government want two taxpayers mm. in every family yeah, because absolutely. you're an economic unit. Yeah. And the school is not entirely set up to educate your children. Partly it's set up to provide a babysitting. So I was like, yeah. are you serious? And she went, absolutely. And I thought that, that, was, that was for a non-Christian. <laughs> uh, it was interesting. And the second thing I was going to say, so, so I think the pragmatic thing is interesting. Why do mm. you really do it? Is it actually, it's a lifestyle choice. Mm. And then the other thing about, there was talk about the, the socialization, actually two thin more things very quickly. The, the missional thing, I totally agree with you. You know, it occurred to me as you said that, you know, I've got a background in Islamic studies. I have lots of friends who are in yeah. Muslim missions. You wouldn't just take a, you know, a young Christian with no experience and drop them into Saudi Arabia and go, go do mission. Yeah. They would have two, three years of training, language yeah. training, exactly. cultural training, loads of support behind yeah. them because it's a tough environment. Yeah. I think we naively assume I think we still think that it's basically effectively, you know, Christendom with a small C out mm. there. You know, the state system is still mm. largely sympathetic. Mm. It isn't. It's a hostile yeah. environment. Yeah. So if we are going to send our kids in there, boy, the amount of support we need to be putting in and, and, and stuff, which I don't think mm. maybe many of us are. Mm. And then lastly, Aaron, the socialization mm. piece is interesting because that's the one that's often thrown against homeschool. Yeah. Well, first, of course, is the question, what are you socializing people into? Exactly. If you're socializing yeah. them into secularism yeah. or, you know, sort of petty you know, wokiness. Mm. I'm not sure you're doing your kids any favors mm. anyway. And then secondly, actually our kids, I don't know about yours are remarkably 
or socialise because we put the effort in. So to go, yeah. in our case, our friend, our kids have two distinct peer groups. They've got their non-Christian friends. It's all the neighbourhood kids. And we make time for mm. that. We encourage that. We've yeah. got friendships with neighbours. And I love the fact that, you know, my son has got his part of this. He's six. He's part of a little posse of all the neighbourhood boys. They call mm. themselves the cool gang, which yeah, is yeah. hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And so all of his best friends locally are not Christians. And they have faith discussions because mm. they come back and tell me. Yeah. Like, he'll say, oh, mm. we talked about this. It's like, oh, wow, really? Yeah. And suddenly for my my daughter, and then they've got their not their non Christian their, their Christian peer group. So it hasn't mm. held them back. So yeah, you can be a homeschooler and you can bar- barricades up, mm. or you can be a homeschooler and create really good friendships. Mm. And to go basically, I don't. We haven't seen yeah. socialization exactly be a problem. I yeah. think that is a. I think that is a total red. A myth, a total myth, and it's, it's again, it's a sort of a myth that actually props up conveniently the decision to. Uh, not have to think about it as an option because it's quite mm. an inconvenient, possibly stressful thing to imagine. Mm. We're talking about someone giving up their income, possibly at least a full-time mm. income, uh, to be able to facilitate this. One of the parents, but again, what is the point? You know, yeah. this is your most precious. Yeah. I think. Commodity, I think right? on the socialisation one, it can be a problem if the intention of the parents in homeschooling is to isolate their kids from anyone who's not a Christian. Yeah. And I think in some contexts that can happen. So it's like, oh, I find the world scary. Let's yeah, take yeah. them out of it. Um, but actually, yeah. yeah, that's the problem then is with the motive yeah. rather than saying, I, I want to be able to have my child get an education so that they can engage yeah. in the wider world, but yeah. know how to respond mm. to cultural yeah. trends. Can I just like quickly as well yeah. say, I, mm. when I hear you, I, I totally, I don't want to be a, yeah, get the, bring the kind of thought out mm. that the world is scarier. I don't want to throw mm. my kids in, but in a way I'm like, okay, we as Christians are not, you know, we're not called to have a spirit of fear, mm. a spirit of power, love and self-control, mm. as Paul mm. tells Timothy. We need to take the world on. We need to be mm. in the world, not of the world. But I, I, it, there's also a sense in which there's wisdom, isn't there? And so to what we've almost lost the capacity to think wisely about this. And we almost assume that something like homeschooling, withdrawal of any kind mm. is fear. And actually, no, it can just be wisdom. It can be, say, as mm. Andy said, would you chuck someone into an, an Islamic situation, say, go and do mission? And then we, even though that's not really happening mm. with most children in, in most schools, mm. I, I would say most Christians, mm. even if there might be some listeners who mm. say, well, my children have mm. great conversations. That's fine. Mm. And then and my children did as well in the school they were part of. Um, there's those, and I'm glad of the experience they had the mm. back and forth, but we realized it wasn't worth the cost. We're doing mission as a family all the time anyway. Mm. Um, is it, is it actually necessary to make this really difficult tension between mm. us and the mm. school? And constantly have yeah. to caveat everything they're learning mm. by talking to them. So we want to talk through these things, but there's 30 hours a week and you've got so yeah. much time. Why not the, actually take it into your own hands? As exactly. Mm. The other thing as well, though, that's interesting. There are so many themes that, that spring off this, aren't there? The other thing I think that actually it's, a, you know, we're part of a couple of homeschooling networks mm. uh, up, in, up in Dundee. And that's another thing to say to people. I think one reason that I think many Christians I've spoken to are afraid of homeschooling is this sort of daunting sense of, oh, I have to do it on my own. You know, if you've got kids and you've sort of thought that, I'd encourage you, begin Googling and looking around. There will be homeschool networks mm. locally. We have some great networks of other parents doing it and you can support one another. Well, then the networks that we're involved in in Dundee, um, there are non-Christian folks doing it. And what's interesting, when you ask them, okay, why are you doing it? You don't get the spiritual reason, of course. You know, our atheist friends who are doing it aren't because of spirituality. But the common reason, two reasons that come up, I think are really interesting. One is the sense of, you know, putting your child into the sausage factory. You know, it's mm. not a normal sociological environment mm. to take a, you know, seven-year-old, yeah. stick them in a room with 30 other seven-year-olds and maybe two adults yeah. and expect 
kind of learning to happen. In fact, one of my family members is a, is a, is a primary school teacher and she would smile at this point and say, yeah, half the teaching is crowd control. Um, so there's actually very good, you know, pedagogical educational reasons. And then secondly, the thing my secular friends would say is that actually the education system in their view is failing to educate. Yeah. And some of the issues yeah. we've talked about on this show, I mean, take the, mm. perhaps the transgender piece, mm. you know, that is coming into schools in such a major way. My <clears> secular <throat> friends are increasingly concerned because kids are coming out now of school not educated, mm. but taught how to, what to think on a whole range of political yeah. issues. And it reminds me, you know, one of the things that Christians did in history, particularly through that period of history, you know, affectionately known as the Dark Ages, which historians would now laugh at, <laughs> again, there were no Dark Ages. Yeah. But one of the things that Christians did very well was were hugely involved, it wasn't just Christians, but they were hugely involved in carrying on the light yeah. of education through the time when culture was going mad. Yeah. And quite frankly, we live in an age where culture is going mad. And I think as Christians, we have a duty, not just in terms of the gospel, Aaron, mm. which you talked about, mm. which I obviously hugely committed to, but also to be the preservers of, of knowledge mm. and, and, and learning and wisdom. Mm. Because if we don't wade into that fight with mm. other good-meaning people... Mm. And they say there are more people out there who would be mm. alongside us mm. on that than maybe you might mm. think, mm. then who on earth is going to? Mm. And that is a missional thing in itself. That's mm. a public good yeah. that I think Christians yeah. can contribute. Yeah, I think it's also worth saying, like, there's a danger that you might be listening to the podcast and thinking, like, this is basically an apologetic just for homeschooling. Oh, and it is. Yeah. It's your job, Michael. To so now my challenge is... Challenges, is I've got, by the way, just that, I've got three points I'm going to make, but you say you're pushing You've got three first. points. Three, three points off the back of Andy's stuff, anyway. No, no, well, you go first then, because I? I was going to slightly change the topic. Oh, wait, okay, yeah. let me just jump on the back of those then. There so, reminds you, see, Michael hasn't been homeschooled, so he doesn't, he can't, he doesn't, you know, he's... He the benefits of Just imagine how amazing I would be if I was. Exactly. No, but Andy's stuff about, about the quality of education is really, really important, mm. and the Christian lighting the way. Mm. Um, I thought of Rod Dre is the Benedict option. I was now, thinking the same he, thing. He, and th this is the whole notion that, that St. Benedict in the, in the 6th century is um, advocating a kind of withdrawal where you've got kind of barbarian culture, the Roman Empire has fallen, there's mm -hmm. no kind of mm -hmm. cl clear infrastructure, mm -hmm. who's in charge of the world mm -hmm. <laughs> when you had a giant empire mm -hmm. that falls. Um, I like to almost say it to, to my students when I talk about this as though it's almost like if the internet just failed tomorrow, mm -hmm. we're so dependent on the internet mm -hmm. for how things work. If somehow the internet died, mm. if that was possible, you wouldn't be able to listen to part of the gaps for one thing, which would be a tragedy. Terrible. But um, what most of the ways our lives work mm. and, and infrastructure works would be very different. And so the Roman Empire, when it fell, that meant the Christians had to step up. They stepped up in a way that they had to preserve things mm. and they had to withdraw in order to bless the world. But mm. that's what the Benedict Option mm. is all about. So, of course, it can be seen as quite fundamentalist, but it's not mm. just, to, just to hide away from the barbarians. Um, it's pre pres preservative, conserving something in order to um, bless the world afresh, mm. which, which clearly you see medieval Christendom and it did do mm. that. There was, that's how we got Christendom, mm. as it were, um, mm. in its kind of wider implications. The second thing was going to be, um, linking into that. One of the problems with, uh, the school system now in the woke culture is that the standards have dropped almost at an ideological level. Like it's not okay to have standards and hierarchy because hierarchy is seen mm. as a bad thing. We mentioned this on the decline of Western culture episode mm. that Andy and I did recently with Richard Weaver's The uh, Ideas Have Consequences. But I noticed it in the school we were in. Uh, we were in um, a great school, you know, in a really nice school and mm. CME school. Um, Isabel, our, our eldest, is a little creative writer and she, she got a poem published a couple of years ago. Um, and they did a kind of competition through the school this time mm. for a short story competition. And all the, all the, the parents get the kind of information of the competition. Don't worry about grammar or spelling and stuff. It's really just about creativity. 
we don't want to kind of batten them down mm. with things. We just want them to be free. Like, what do you mean free? So I presume they're using words. I presume they're using <laughs> English words. But you don't want to constrain them to have to learn the rules of grammar for how writing has been done for like generations. Mm. Okay, fine. So then they enter the competition. She's really excited to know whether she wins or not. Um, which 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 um, stories within the class are going to be chosen for this book? Mm. And then she comes home one day and says, "Oh, amazing, Dad! There's amazing news. All of the stories got got chosen." I was like, "Really? <laughs> all of the stories of, of the twenty five people? One. They just all were publishable quality. How interesting!" And I got the letter through, yeah. and, and they, they literally said in it, "We found it's really helpful for children for their mental health, especially coming out of lockdown, um, to kind of give them that boost. What to tell them that they're a published author in year five. And then for the rest of their life, they expect this is just going to happen like that. Actually, I have, I have read certain published authors who that must have happened to them in their school days because that would explain the quality of their elementary <laughs> yes. output. It's yeah. amazing. That's it tells awesome. you so much, but that's a tiny little yeah. snippet yeah. of the kind of way that the, the standards cultural have issues, yeah. Absolutely. Um, and the final point, what was my final point? I love um, that you actually take it, and this is the first, never, first time we've recorded together. This is what he does behind the He's screen. got notes. I've just, well, I've I've just, just winging it, and Aaron's I've, got I've notes. I've written it on my phone. I always um, think that you're making notes, but you're actually just doodling. You told me you had a dumb phone. You've got, like, the original smartphone. Well, well that's an old, uh, one of those old Blackfields. It, it doesn't has really go buttons online. buttons on it. It's got yeah, a keyboard. QWERTY keypads are lovely. I need them. I need the QWERTY keypad. But yeah, the last one was um, actually an experience we had in terms of the missional thing. Um, so... Isabel, our, our eldest, likes to um, share the gospel with her friends. Mm. We encourage her to do that. She's had a lot of trouble doing that. She's gotten in trouble mm. in terms of sharing her views on various things. Um, at Christmas time, um, mm. in the Christmas card giving out thing that you do at school, she put tracts, Christmas tracts in mm. there, which she wanted to yeah. do. I, I got the 10 of those. Thank you, 10 of those.com. I ordered a load of their good tracts. Um, and she put some in there. I got a call the next day from the head teacher. We've had an official complaint. Really? Um, from one of, the, one of the parents, unnamed, and turned out, I was like, I think I know who that is, and we know them well. Yeah. And they're humanists. So they didn't tell us they'd made an official complaint. I said, okay, what's the problem? Well, we're not allowed to dispense literature, and we're worried about extremism. I was like, well, hang on. So this is, this is a Christian child giving out a Christian tract about Jesus and Jesus's birthday in a yeah. Christian Church of England school. What about this? It's problematic. Oh, it's nothing to do really with the content. The content's fine. So it better be fine because this is what presumably you're actually accountable to the Church of England for this. But they're so worried about that. The Church of England's all over the place anyway. But, uh, uh, it, it was interesting that I said, I, I want to make a, I don't want to cause you problems. Um, but I want to make a counter complaint so the school governors know that I don't yeah. think so. Okay. You're, you, just to clarify, you want to tell me that I should tell my child in this age of free expression, yeah. let them express themselves. You want to tell my, tell my child to stop sharing her faith, which is fundamental to what yeah. it means to her to be a Christian. Um, kind of yes. Oh, mm. just the problem is it's just the literature. It's like, okay, she gets flack day in, day out in the playground mm. for what she believes. Crazy for believing, not believing that, um, mm. the world just came out of nothing. Mm. Um, that she constantly gets that, but if, but she puts it, her response mm. to it, just a general Christian tract in a Christmas card, it's not okay. We then got, we then got accosted, both Molly and I, separately by mm. these two parents who didn't tell us they made the complaint, but kind of it was clear, shouting at us in, uh, shouting at her, her in the street when she has the children walking along. I then think, well, I need to sort this out. I need to talk to the husband. I try to catch him at the school gate and we go in and there's the social distancing for the yeah, hand washing. Yeah, yeah. He came behind me in the queue, which was, I was like, brilliant. I'll wait. He was very socially distanced, I noticed. He was about 20 metres behind me. <laughs> very, very <laughs> theologically distanced. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, I wonder why he's not so So I, I waited outside the other side. He never came out. I was like, oh, I'll, ca- I'll catch him another time. We drove to the lo- uh, local shop, um, parked in the car park, um, and he happened to come in. I was like, this is brilliant. Here he is again. So I'll wait outside. He took an age to come out of the shop. <laughs> he eventually came out and I had a kind of smirk on my face. I was like, oh, here, there's a little bit of a, 
and the misunderstanding between uh, Molly and your wife the other day. Um, and he started laying into me in the car park, shouting mm-hmm. at me, you are despicable. I cannot believe you would propagandise my child through your child. It's like, whoa, whoa, well, you've been in our house, you know us, this is quite normal. And that this was like a normal middle class kind of person. Yeah. And then suddenly the whole veneer comes down when you push a button mm. and they feel like, this shows that we're not really wanting mm. rational discussion over these things. And that kind of thing is all over the place. And this guy, by the mm. way, and like, he wouldn't have the conversation. I said, you're the one who sounds like a religious zealot here. You don't want your child exposed to other ideas. Yeah. Um, and you don't want to discuss them. You don't even want to discuss them. He drove off. And the funny thing is, he's actually a lecturer in peace and reconciliation. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that amazing? I think that does happen to one thing that Andy was saying earlier before we recorded the show, which was when we talk about being missional, we can think back to our experiences mm. at school, which for me it's kind of easier than Andy, because um, I'm slightly younger. But like for all of us, we look back at that and yeah, okay, there was the hostility and everything else, but the level of hostility, not just from your peers, but particularly from your teachers and the whole institution now, which wasn't there maybe 10, 20 years mm. ago that we need to bear in mind. But I mean, we're going to have to wrap up soon. I, I think what I was going to say before you said you're very helpful three points off your antique My Blackberry. mobile phone yeah. from a it's, museum. It's clockwork. It's, it's got it's this beautiful. key that he turns. It's, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, you have to charge it up, do you? Yeah, just, yeah, well, yeah. you just got to wind it. Wind the key. Yeah, it right. gives you that month's battery life. <laughs> that's right. Um, uh, but what we were going to say is that, obviously, in a way, this podcast may sound like it's been kind of an advert mm. for homeschooling, which, in a sense, you know, you both have come to that decision, so you'd be surprised if you weren't convinced that that is a good option that you'd want to recommend to others. But I think, again, we are talking about this earlier, I guess our feeling is not necessarily to say every Christian should homeschool their their children. But I think the danger is we just go with the flow mm. and we yep. don't think through. So actually, there are other options. So yeah. the, the missional option is one yep. of them. And actually, I look back at my time, I went to a pretty bog-standard comprehensive school. Mm. You know, I certainly could have probably got a better education, perhaps mm. if I'd been taught at home, both my parents yeah. and teachers, mm. yeah. um, or if I'd gone to a better school. Um, but actually, I look back and I think there were great opportunities you know we ran a christian union we had 50 60 70 non-christians coming to grill christian events yeah. but actually what was really important for me is that i was massively supported particularly by the local church through yeah. our youth group yeah. I had youth yeah. leaders who would let us come every week with kind of the things that come yeah, up at school yeah, yeah. we could chat them through yeah. we were equipped to do that yeah um and so it wasn't this assumption you're going to this neutral environment there is no neutral environment yeah. there's no there's yeah. no kind of neutral place mm. Um, and that's again one of the arguments against homeschooling. It's like, oh, you're yeah. you're basically proselytizing your yeah. kids whilst at school they're getting this complete secular neutrality. <laughs> it's like, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, or what some Christians are doing, which is saying, okay, well, we want to start new schools that are going to be yeah. started on an ethos that is going to actually mm-hmm. um, allow people to get a better education. Mm-hmm. And obviously, that's not something that every person is going to be able to do. But mm-hmm. but what some people are doing very successfully yeah. is saying, actually, let's let's start better that's schools. Right. And interestingly you get massive ideological pushback from yeah. humanists and others. Yeah. Um, but the interesting thing is they can't argue often against the reality, which is there are kids doing better well, at school and getting better educations yeah. as a result. Well, you see, what in, what intrigues me on that story that, that Aaron <laughs> shared, I mean, the school in which this happened is a Church of England yeah. school. So yeah. I find it fascinating yeah. that your humanist friends have chosen <laughs> to yeah. send their kids to a Church of England school, mm. presumably because they see something that's attractive. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think... You know, we're running rapid, we are running rapidly out of time, but, you know, Aaron had his three points. I've got my 17 <laughs> points. Um, no, just a, th- a couple of things I'd, I'd want to say in, as, we, as we bring this towards an end. Like, I think there's a huge role for the church here mm-hmm. because yeah. I think it's interesting to look historically, you know, that, that ironically, the, church, the, the, the sort of mass school movement here began mm-hmm. in this country through the involvement 
of Christians. You, know, mm. like, you have Wilberforce involved yeah, in that, yeah. you have Shaftesbury and, yeah. and, and many others who saw education as a public good. And then the church, has, as so often happens, has sort of disengaged from the project they started mm. yeah. and let people run with it and it's gone miles from its origin. So I think mm. maybe we're at a time again where there's a huge opportunity for mm. the church. Mm. And what I would love to see, and there are many, I know there are many pastors listening to the show, mm. and look, I know it's tough being a pastor. There's so much on and yeah. it's so busy. But look, one thing I would love to see more churches do is wade into this and go, okay, how do we really actively support the yeah. parents? Yeah. How do we, you know, maybe there's a role for churches to, you know, if you've got young families to go, we're actually going to present the different options to you. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to talk about them as a church community. Mm-hmm. For those who want to homeschool, we're going to give that as a real option. And if you choose to homeschool, mm-hmm. we'll help you. We'll get you networked together. We'll mm-hmm. offer the church hall as a space mm-hmm. to do mm-hmm. homeschool activities. Yeah. If you're going to go the route of, you know, sending your kid into the state system, not not particularly missionally, but we're going to send them in there mm-hmm. and realize they need support. We're going to we're going to teach you as a parent how to teach your child. We're going to do the apologetics. Mm. We're going to put lots of structure in there. Mm. So little Johnny or little Jane is really equipped. And for those of you who want to go the full-blown missional route, again, we're going to equip you and support you. You know, mm. I'd love to see more churches have, you know, prayer yeah. meetings for their local mm. school to yeah. be really engaged, yeah. you know, encouraging church members to be on the board of government. There's yeah, yeah, so yeah. many ways. I think the church... Yeah. As a whole, there are exceptions, but as a whole, there's unengaged. And you mentioned starting new schools, you know, just to plant a seed, because if just like one person listening to this did this, I got a friend of mine who's a pastor in Scotland, before he came to Scotland, was uh, was a pastor of a church uh, down south, in, in, I think it was London, and some years ago now that the church had a vision to do just that, they had a vision to start a, a small school, they wanted to start a fee-paying school to make it work. They wanted to set the fees astronomically low. So they got their costs covered, but it was accessible. Um, and they said their vision was they wanted a school where all the teaching staff were Christian. The ethos was unapologetically Christian, but they sort of, as they prayed about it and worked the vision out, they figured they could afford to have just maybe, they should have 30, 35% of the kids Christian. And the goal was to have the other 65% non-Christian. So flip it round. Rather than Christians going to the state school system, let's get the second yeah. effects. And they said, actually, what was amazing, the school was a huge success. It's still going. Uh, you know, huge popularity locally because they did a first-class education. And they weren't, they weren't banging people over the heads of the Bible every day, but they were unapologetically Christian. Parents signed a kind of covenant to re- yeah. say that you recognize this is a Christian school. Yeah. And they said what was amazing was the approval ratings from the non-Christians who chose that school <clears throat> because they knew there would be none of the woke nonsense, yeah. a first-class education, and yeah, Christian mm. stuff. Yeah. But, mm. and, uh, yeah. you know, I think more churches could do that, actually. Yeah. I, I, just a, a point off the bum up. A point with three sub-points, which was my way of saying oh. three more points. But I'll try and make the brief. But uh, just to really help find it, <laughs> and we'll get into that. And, Michael, I want to put a little thing in, because I, I think that people listening, your experience, when you say mm. when you, you grew up mm. in school, I think I, 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 we, all, we were all trained not yeah. to homeschool, right? Yeah. 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 You could argue educationally, we haven't mm. turned out terribly, but speak um, for yourself. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> We're in our faith, you know. And yeah. we say, well, there's loads of stories people went to school. What's it such? What's such a big deal? Mm. Now, I think this is the fallacy here: that schooling is qualitatively different to even any of us experience. Mm. Mm. So, Michael, back in the 1970s, yeah. of course, and uh, you know the rest of us, <laughs> other times, but it, it's. There's a, it, we are in a new world, as it were. We're in a completely, mm. not just a woke generation, mm. even before that it was heading that direction. Mm. We've got that as the ideologies that are coming in really rigor, vigorously mm. at primary level. Mm. We've talked about that already. That is ramped up. So you can't just say, if you're a parent, 
oh, it was okay for me when I was at school. I had some support mm. from my youth group. Firstly, the point Andy makes, churches are not on it, as they may we have been at other, mm. other points. Secondly, the, um, the mm. schools themselves are qualitatively different, and the digital era changes the game. Smartphones mm. change the game. Sexting mm. changes the game. Mm. The, the, the extent to which people are screen, uh, having screen time, that changes a lot about everything. So it's not the same as when you were younger. Mm. Um, it is a different environment. Mm. Um, and feeding from that, it is a missional homeschooling is a missional act it's not like mm. i want to take my children away from mission to do, it's, it's doing mission mm. you're actually doing mission to your children mm. and training them as yeah. missionaries for the world in the mm. way that you can and one of the ways you can do that that you don't get in school is that you can blend education with character formation so at school the teachers haven't got time to care about the heart of your ch- your child mm. are you okay with them learning everything they need to learn about god's creation in the whole world without the worldview that this is god's creation um, and not thinking about connecting it to their character. So you really just behavioral management and feed you with information and then talk about mindfulness and online safety. You know, that's often, there's so much mm. stuff they're talking about here, but it's not Christian character mm. formation. So what Molly's mm. able to do now with them, she can spot when our tra- children behave in a certain way, where the root issue of the heart is. Parents can do that. We love our children. We know we spend a lot of time with them. Mm. And, and it'll be the same for you listeners. You know where your children are. You know when a certain thing is said means something else when that person says it. And you can address that issue in the midst of education. Your teachers aren't going to do that. So that's one of the ways for us of mm. why it's such a missional thing is actually you can uh, oh, do it in that way. I want to say just two last things and then it's for possibly <laughs> person like to, 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 to wrap it up. But also I'm also conscious of ending this. We always like to end, end shows yes. positively and I'm just conscious one of the points I'm going to make is, 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 is a sort of negative one. We'll do the negative one and the positive one and that's the Michael as the happy evangelist. Um, the negative one is that you're, you're absolutely right. I think even if you're listening to this and you're, you're in your 30s you know, with, with you know, a parent or whatever or thinking about becoming a parent um, you're absolutely right. The, the, the school system is now not the school system you grew up in. But even for those of us who look back, there's a tendency we look back through rosy-coloured spectacles. Yeah. I look back, okay, I went to school. I'm for, I turned 49 in a few weeks. I went to school in, in the 1980s. You might think I was a rosy-coloured period. Well, I have vast amounts of my Christian peers that I was at school with are not following Christ huh. today. Yeah. You know, I set up a Christian union at the secondary school I was in with two friends. Neither of those friends, as mm-hmm. far as I know, are following Christ. Now, I'm not wholly blaming the school system, yeah. but it wasn't this wonderful, rosy utopia. Yeah. It was tough then. And I think the danger is that I think what happens is, you know, as, you're, as you move on from school and you lose contact with people, you forget. Interesting mm-hmm. question to ask yourself. If you were at school as a Christian, uh, you know, in the 80s and 90s, you know, how many of your Christian friends then are still yeah. following Christ? Yeah. And would it have been different if the, the choices the parents made were different? I, I don't know. But then lastly, the positive point, and then, and then Michael, is look, we've talked a bit about you know, the fear of unengaging and, and, and stuff. That's often what's thrown at homeschoolers. But you can you can unengage, you can you can withdraw to hide. You can also withdraw to, to engage. Um, you know, what are you withdrawing for? So if you are, you know, if you're a sports person and you're, you know, you're a part of a team and your team is preparing for some big challenge, there'll be times when you withdraw, you know, you you huddle together, you get the team ready mm. to go out and mm. fight the big the battle. If you're if you're in the army, you know the yeah. first thing they do as a new recruit is they don't send you out on the battlefield. Yeah. You have a time of being yeah. doing your, your training when you're yeah. actually you've withdrawn mm. from the, from the field of combat to get ready. Yeah. And as Christians, yeah. we can withdraw to hide. We can withdraw to get right. Let's get our kids ready. Mm. So boy, when we launch them on the world, yeah. age mm. seventeen or eighteen, they are ready together they know how to engage mm. they're non-christian friends they have non-christian friends they're really thought through in the scriptures and worldview and character formation yeah. and look things still go wrong you know ultimately mm. um you know the human heart is 
uh, is a complex thing. Mm-hmm. And to go, ultimately, people don't become Christians because of good parenting. They do it because of the spirit of God working in them. But I think we can put the best, we can set our kids up far better yeah. than we than we have been doing. Yeah. So, uh, so, yeah, as long as you're withdrawing uh, for a purpose and yes. not just to stick your head under a, under a, under a haystack, yeah. I don't mm. think it's a problem. That's all really helpful. It was something I probably should have mentioned earlier. If you think that it's only Christians that are asking these questions, that's also another challenge. So it's interesting. Someone that I've enjoyed listening to, Catherine Burble Singh. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, The Michaela School. The Michaela School uh, in London. Um, Not a Christian, but actually saying there's a fundamental problem with the way that kids are being educated in our country. Um, And for her, that has meant actually becoming the head teacher of a school that is run on a very different ethos. In many ways, like, although it's not explicitly publicly said to be Christian, an ethos which is grounded in <laughs> Christian thoughts um, that's influenced our world. But but interestingly, you know, it's not just Christians saying there's a problem here. Mm. Um, there's a lot of people mm. who are actually starting to say, are we really educating our children? Are we indoctrinating them? And so on. And I think, as, we, as I mentioned a minute before, you know, we're not simply saying you must homeschool your kids, but we are saying, let's think about this. Let's not assume that the education system in our country is, mm. is perfectly neutral and safe. Mm. Um, and let's think about how we can respond to that. That may be that you choose to homeschool. It may be that you think more intentionally about how you support um, your children through school as a church, if you're a pastor, how you think about that. Um, you know, I often think it's amazing that we think that a five minute epilogue in the middle of a, you know, a party effectively for some youth works is going to counteract the indoctrination of a week um, being at school. Yeah, it takes time to actually help people think these things through. We need to really invest in our young people. Um, it may be that you start a new school, you know, mm-hmm. all sorts of options open, but actually you want to think about that. And as we said, hopefully think about that positively. How can mm-hmm. we therefore make a difference? This yeah. isn't to just, you know, help our children survive, but how can we help our children grow survive. up so they can make a difference mm-hmm. in our world for good, mm-hmm. ultimately, um, with the gospel mm-hmm. as a foundation? Absolutely. Well, this has been really fascinating. I have learned lots as well, as always. Um, we hope that you have too. I hope that this has been stimulating, thought provoking. Do let us know what you think. As always, um, we'd love to hear your thoughts, comments. Uh, suggestions if you enjoy the show and um, then give us a like a subscribe or a review um if you'd like to support us um so that we can have biscuits next time we meet in person um or i gave you pastries this morning actually yes you did and they yeah. weren't even claimed on part of the gaps expenses exactly. were they? well yeah, not, exactly. yeah, not yet not, not, yet, they not yet. yet but one day we may get a danish pastry <laughs> on the support of individuals um but uh, but that'd be great um and you can get in touch that way Uh, But until next time, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, We've been Aaron, Andy and Michael, and this has been Pot of the Gaps. Bye.